I want to get right into the word on this Pentecost Sunday. Praise Jesus for Pentecost Sunday. We have, I have been teaching you, I've been teaching you from uh, the thought, the reality of restoration, and we're looking at Joel 2.25, and it reads this way. Read it with me. I will restore to you the years that the swarming locust has eaten. Read it again. I will restore to you the years that the swarming locust has eaten. Sometimes people have a problem just reading scripture and knowing what the Bible means, what the Bible is saying, but I want you just to receive this. That mostly when you read scripture, what you do is whenever uh, you can take it exactly for what it says, literally uh, take it that way. But there are other times in scripture where you you realize that the Lord is saying more than locusts. He's speaking larger than that. When you read Revelation, there's so much that is very literal, but there are other things. You say, well, what does that mean? I don't see that literally, But, but when you read it, You also know that God is saying something larger on this May 31st, the last day of May as we get ready to go into the month of June. I think God is saying some large things to us. I don't know when in history that Pentecost Sunday has fallen on such a day as this. I don't know. In my life, I don't know when in my lifetime when it has fallen on such a day as this. It is Pentecost Sunday. Somebody praise God for the outpouring of the Spirit. And I think, really, if there is a headline today, it should be Pentecost Sunday. It is the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. But even those who received the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost, there was so much more going on in the city of Jerusalem than just the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. It was necessary for the people that were there to receive the Holy Spirit. They desperately needed Holy Spirit in their lives. It's Pentecost Sunday. It's also another pandemic Sunday. We're wearing masks with more intensity on this day than we have on other days. Uh, The governor's order that has come out, and I'm, I'm glad that we can remove masks for religious ritual, yet... I understand the great concern that is going on in our world and in our nation. This is not something that has just impacted the United States. It has impacted every country. It is pandemic from that particular standpoint. So this is Pandemic Sunday, and I'm thankful for phase one. I'm so glad we can come back to the house and worship. This is literally our third Sunday back since phase one began. It's It's hard to believe that we've been able to do this, but I'm so grateful that we have been able to do this. It's also VB Strong Sunday, as we just prayed regarding a memory of one year ago when someone actually went to our city buildings and there massacred so many innocent individuals, and our hearts are crushed over that, yet here we are a year later, praise God. But it's also something else, and... You know me, we are, a, we are a very diverse community. Somebody praise God for the diversity of Freedom Fellowship. Yes, thank you, Lord. It is also George Floyd Sunday. Yes, yes, right. We can't just walk into the door and pretend like what is going on in the world is not going on. George Floyd died on May, Monday, May 25th in Minneapolis. A good man. Can I get an amen? amen. 
Everything I've read, everything I've studied about him, a good man. I don't know all of the story. I'm sure it's still coming out. But initially what I heard was uh, he went into a store and someone called from a store and said somebody might be passing a counterfeit $20 bill. And somehow out of that, this man was taken to his Jesus. He was taken out into the street and he was placed on his face and someone knelt and put his knee on his throat. And his words were, I can't breathe. Please, man. Mama! Mama! I'm through. And I was thinking about all of these words and I've wept. The, the emotion of this is more than many can bear. Even the words, Mama, his mother had died two years before. So he wasn't just crying out for Mama to come and help him. For me, I have seen these moments. It's not my first time dealing with death. But of this magnitude, I don't know. I, don't, I can't hardly breathe myself. But I have been with people who have passed, who have cried out to those who went before them. He was a man of faith. He was a man who believed in Jesus. I listened to an interview with his pastor who spoke of this man as a good man. He was a man who mentored other individuals. I don't know. I mean, like myself, if you look into my life, you can find mess. If you look deep enough into any of your lives, we can find. So let's dig up all the trash we can to somehow. Listen, all of us deserve to die. But thank God we also get to live because of the work of Jesus Christ on the cross. This unjust death and now all of the crisis that is going on. I can't remember a time in many years when there was more chaos in my nation. I can't remember when we began speaking on the reality of restoration two Sundays ago. I said on that day, we all need rehab. Can I echo that again today? We all need rehab. Our nation needs rehab. The church needs rehab. How many more years can we be drunk on the drug of racism and hatred without checking ourselves into rehab or surrendering ourselves to HA, Hatred Anonymous? We can't keep it a secret anymore. Our nation needs God like it's never needed God before. While I say this, let me add, it is difficult for me. Jesus, it is difficult for me as a white man to say anything or to suggest that I grieve with you. I realize the great divide in this country. But the church must be part of the solution of the hatred, not an antagonist. We cannot serve the Lord God who says, love one another as I have loved you. Who says, as you have done it unto the least of these, you have done it unto me. Who says, love your neighbors as you love yourself. Who also says love should not just be in words and talk. 
It must be true, which shows itself in action. The God who says, if we love one another, God lives in union with us. We cannot be servants of that God who says those things and not be a church who grieves at the sound of a brother, a Christian brother, a father, a son who cries out, I cannot breathe. And I can feel the Holy Spirit on this day of Pentecost saying, the world has proven that it is filled with darkness, but you, the church, are still the light of the world. Come on, we are the light of the world. And in the middle of a pandemic, as we remember the mass shooting that crushed our city a year ago, as our nation wrestles with the grief of the unjust death of this dear, beautiful black American man, can you hear the Holy Spirit say, let me breathe? Listen, it's almost as if we have our knees upon the very throat of the Holy Spirit who wants to breathe life into us and call the church to be light in a dark place. But we have forgotten about the power. We have forgotten about His light and His purpose for the church. Come on. The Holy Spirit says, let me breathe on you again. Let me breathe into you. Let me give you life where there has been death. Can I tell you something about this church we were made for this. Somebody shout it. We were made for this. Come on, you need to shout with me. Come on online. We were made for this. God's not coming back after a black church or a white church or a Hispanic church or an Asian church. He's coming back after his church. And we can't be quiet. Not freedom, fellowship. We can't be quiet on a day like today. We can't just stand here and sing happy birthday to the church. We've got to kneel and say as we celebrate the birthday of the church, God, help us. God, change us. God, set us free. Let us breathe again. Come on, say it. Come on, let us breathe. Holy Spirit, breathe upon us. Breathe through the church. So it's Pentecost Sunday. I want to talk to you about being restored in the Spirit. Restored by the Spirit on Pentecost. Now don't get nervous. I said Pentecost. Somebody say it, Pentecost. Because when I say Pentecost, anybody, anybody in the house? Where, where are my Pentecostal folk at right now? Anybody? Anybody been to church when... There were certain things that had to happen if it was going to church. Well, where are you? If you got your mask on, I can't hear you right now. But somebody shout, well, anybody been to church when you felt like, I don't need to go to a fitness center? Anybody ever been to church like that? Nobody had to tell you to clap your hands. The preacher was there, but you preached with the preacher. And sometimes people talked funny and laughed funny, shouted funny. And don't don't get worried. People say, "What's he going to make us do?" I want us to look at Pentecost. I. I mean, when I say 
we're restored by the Spirit, I think we ought to go back and see what the Spirit is saying. In Acts 1 and 4, and being assembled together with them, Jesus said with the disciples in Acts 1, He said, I don't want you to leave Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father. This is 40 days after the crucifixion of Christ. 40 days is when Acts 1, 4, 8 takes place. He said, you have heard from me, John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of it to Israel? And he said to them, it's not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father has put in his own authority, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses. You shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. So this was spoken by the Lord, again, 10 days before what we know as the day of Pentecost. But this was not the first day of Pentecost. This was a celebration of Pentecost. This was not the first day. Our Jewish rabbis would remind us that the first day of Pentecost was just about 50 days out of Egypt. Moses had said to Pharaoh, do you remember what Moses said to Pharaoh before they left Egypt? Let my people go. That's not all he said. He said, let my people go that they may worship me. I want to take them out of Egypt to worship. I want to have an encounter with my people. So here we are. We have a nation now that has come to the mountain of God. A nation of promise that was fresh out of slavery. Still struggling with idolatry and fear from the remnants of Egypt. Struggling with Pharaoh's injustice. Born into fear. Born into abuse. But God had promised to make them a nation. So they, they had experienced the power of God in their deliverance, the plagues and the Red Sea crossing. They had followed the fire of God and the cloud of God, the manifest presence of God. But now they arrive at the mountain and they look up at the mountain where God has called Moses to spend some time with him. And they look up at the mountain and there is fire on the mountain. And there is lightning upon the mountain. And they hear the voice of God from the mountain. And they all agree. Uh, Moses, you go up on the mountain and we'll stay back and listen to you later. Hello, somebody. You go up. You receive the word. Come down and tell us what he said. Exodus 19 talks about what they saw. And Exodus 19, thunderings and lightning and a thick cloud and... And, and, and there is smoke like a furnace and the mountain quaked. In Exodus 20, verse 1, God spoke and everybody hears, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. And then he gives ten commandments. How many have ever heard of ten commandments before? Listen to their response though in Exodus 20 and 18. All the people witnessed the thunderings and the lightning flashes and the sound of the trumpet and the mountain smoking. And when the people saw it, they trembled and stood afar off. And they said to Moses, you speak with us and we will hear. But let not God speak with us lest we die. Now this has been the position of the people of God at this point. At the point that they had arrived at the mountain for 1,500 years, the people of God 
that Joel would prophesy to uh, had said this, Moses, you go to the mountain. Let's let the priests go talk to God. We don't necessarily need his power in our lives. But then in Joel chapter 2 verse 25, Joel says, I'm going to restore to you the years that the locust hath eaten, the cankerworm, the caterpillar, and the palmer worm, and my great army which I sent among you. In other words, he said, I'm going to bless you, and I'm going to restore you. Now that's verse 25, but now look at verse 28. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon, read these next two words with me, all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And also on my men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. Joel was writing about another day, a day that we are living in. It is what we call our birthday. In Acts chapter 1, we, again, we looked at this in verse 4 where he said, uh, John baptized with water, but I will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And he said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be my witnesses. It had been 1,500 years after uh, they had left Israel and now they are in They are, and 1,500 years later, they are in Jerusalem. God's people are a nation that has law but has no power. 120 disciples wait in the upper room on the day of Pentecost. The festival of Pentecost. They are gathered from every nation under heaven, gathered in the city for the celebration of the late spring harvest to give gifts and wait on the Lord. And the New Testament records it this way in Acts chapter 2. He says, and when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord and in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of a fire. And it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now, this is not Moses down, coming down from the mountain with the Ten Commandments. This is 120 Jewish disciples all standing on the mountain of the Lord. In the upper room in Jerusalem being endued with power from God and the fire is not on the mountain now the fire is on the inside of them and they begin to speak the wonderful works of God the goodness of God the testimony of God because they are now able to stand because of the blood of Jesus they are able to stand in the very presence of God without fear of being consumed by the fire they are consumed spiritually by the Holy Spirit There was more than shouting going on now. They were shouting languages. There was more to that in the prophecy. In Joel 2, 28, he says, And it shall come to pass that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Jesus had said in Acts 1 and 8, You'll receive my spirit and you will be witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the uttermost uttermost parts of the earth. In Matthew 28 and 19, Jesus had already told them. He said, I want you to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. And some of you are hearing me right now. I don't know if all of you are hearing what I'm about to tell you right now. In Acts 2 and verse 3, there appeared divided tongues of fire. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues. And there were dwelling in Jerusalem devout men, From every nation under heaven. 
And when the sound occurred, the multitude came together and they were confused because everyone heard them speak in his own language. In verse 7, they were all amazed and marveled, saying to one another, These men are Galileans. And how is it that we hear each in our own language in which we were born? Parthians and Medes and Elamites, those dwelling in Mesopotamia and Judea and Cappadocia and Pontus and Asia and Phrygia and Pamphylia and Egypt and parts of Libya, uh, adjoining Cyrene visitors from Rome and both Jews and proselytes, Cretans, Arabs. We hear them speaking in our own tongues the wonderful works of God. They were all amazed. And perplexed, saying to one another, whatever could this mean? But Peter, standing up with the eleven, raised his voice and said to them, Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let it be known to you and heed my words. For these men are not drunk as you suppose. This is that which was spoken of by the prophet Joel. It shall come to, to, it shall come to pass in the last days. I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Now, let me, come on. You, you receive this application first. God wants to pour his spirit upon me. You need to say that. God wants to pour his spirit out upon. Say it. God wants to fill us. He wants to pour his spirit out upon me. But we have to be willing to go to the mountain. Stop. We have to stop looking at God from a distance. He also wants us to be light in this dark world. God's plan is just that. He wants us to be filled with the Spirit. And He wants us to pour it out upon all flesh. How is it that we are so divided if we have filled such a uniting, with such a united spirit? You see, we can't be divided. We are the light of the world. We can't be divided. We are the church of the Lord Jesus. We are inspired by the Holy Spirit. We speak the language of every nation and every people group. We who are many have been made one. That's where my story began here. Good people, but struggling with the whole idea that their church could be a snapshot of the kingdom of heaven. Really good people who love God, but very contented to be of one community. Can I preach to you right now? I'm not, going, I'm not a hero. I am not. I'm just some little preacher who happened to be here. But I remember preaching the message in December of 1990 that the church had to look like the kingdom of God. And an elder of the church cornered me and said, what kind of change are you talking about? We don't like change here. We like it the way it always has been. And that was like somebody drawing a line in the sand in my heart. And he left and I stayed and I preached from Revelation 7 at at least a hundred thousand times that one day we're going to look at the church standing around the throne of God. A multitude of every nation and every tribe and every people standing before the throne. Waving palm branches and crying out with a loud voice. Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and unto the Lamb. 
You see, the church is not going to be restored by the government. This world will not be restored by the government. This world needs the Holy Spirit like we have never needed the Holy Spirit before. We can't live on the same outpouring of our forefathers. We can't just look back. We praise God for Azusa Street and what happened with a man named William Seymour, a black brother who wasn't even allowed to go to the Bible teaching, had to sit on the outside. But he met Holy Spirit and a wave of the Holy Spirit flowed across this nation and the church had a fresh reformation. I'm preaching to somebody in this room. Somebody say, pour yourself out upon us one more time. Somebody shout one more time. Somebody shout, in these last days. Peter in Acts chapter 4. Peter in Acts 4 and 31. The Bible says that Peter and John had been arrested because they had healed a lame man. They had saw a broken man and they had stopped and prayed for him. Peter said it this way, silver and gold I don't have, but such as I have I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. I know, you know, you would think money could fix everything, but money ain't going to fix everything. Am I preaching to anybody? I mean, big houses and better jobs are going to fix everything. Folks, if we need anything, I see a lame nation right now. I see us, and I'm saying to the nation in the name of Jesus, Christ of Nazareth, we got to rise up. we got to rise up. we got to rise up and walk. Peter was grilled then by the religious leaders. You can't be doing this, speaking in the name of Jesus, throwing them in prison. And, say, and then they, they pulled them out after they beat them. They looked at them, and they said, now we're going to let you go. But don't you ever speak in his name again. And Peter had a word for that. He said, you know, you choose for yourself what you're going to say. Whatever you think. But for me, I would prefer to obey God rather than man. Amen. Jesus. And the church got back together. Peter, John, all of them find each other. Peter and John been beaten. Been through it. They walk back into the church. And this is what I want you to see as I close this in Acts 4.31. And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And they spoke the word of God with boldness. In fact, really, the translation would be more clear that it was shaken like it was before. Do you hear what I'm telling you? We can't just brush what's going on under the rug right now. Do, do you hear me? We can't just say, well, let's just get over it. Like, like we've been saying with the virus, we've been saying, I'll just be glad when things get back to normal. Folks, there ain't no going back. There is a forward, but there is no going back. Remember when you didn't talk with your family? Remember when you didn't pray together? Remember those days? There ain't no going back. The only way, the only way is forward. Come on. The only way is forward. Come on, online. The only way is forward. When I see that picture of our dear brother, George Floyd, I remember when I saw it that night, trying to find what to say, and I thought, I can't be silent either. I'd, I'd seen what other people had said, and the scripture came to me, Isaiah 1 and 17, learn to do good, seek justice, correct oppression. And I'm looking at it and saying, how do I do that? How do you do that? 
Isaiah knew it. Joel knew it. Malachi knew it. Elijah knew it. John the Baptist knows it. You and I know it. We cannot be silent as the church. What we need is healing. What we need first is the lame to walk. We need the blind to see. We need the spirit that was on Brother Martin. Because all of the prophecy of Joel, all of it, speaks of this day and this time. In Acts chapter 2, verse 19, Peter said it this way. He said, he goes back and he quotes Joel again. And he says, I'll show wonders in heaven. This is all a part of the Pentecost message. I will show wonders in heaven above and signs on the earth beneath. Blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. And it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. I was reading this and then I watched it on the news. I saw blood. I saw fire. I saw smoke. Anybody know what I'm saying right now? Anybody know what I'm saying? What I'm telling you is We've got to get our lives filled with the Spirit of God. And we've got to talk about Jesus. Is there anybody that agrees on this Pentecost pandemic, B.B. Strong, George Floyd Sunday? Is there anybody that believes that Jesus Christ is coming back? Is there anybody believe that the world is shaking? Is there anybody besides me in this house that believe that we need a fresh shaking by the Holy Spirit? Come on, stand with me. Stand with your light. Come on, stand with your light. Stand with your light. Everybody, stand with your light. Go ahead, turn it on. Turn the light on. Stand with your light. Stand with your light. And Peter continued to preach because the people said, what shall we do? Say it. What shall we do? Say it. What shall we do? Some people are having a hard time praying right now. But we need to pray. We need to pray like we have never prayed before. The problem, the the thing that has been absent the most is prayer. But we don't just pray. We can't just stay in the upper room the rest of our lives. We got to come out of the room and we got to speak to people from every tribe and every tongue and nation. Can I get an amen from somebody in the room? I'm looking at the world and I certainly don't agree that everything that's happened is necessary, but I wonder, I wonder when the church is going to riot. I wonder when the church, come on, I wonder when the church will decide to speak up and speak out. So, well, why is the church moving the way they ought to move? Maybe it's because we're so content to be filled with the Spirit in this house that we don't realize that the church has to leave the building. Come on. Acts 2 and 40. With many other words, he testified and exhorted them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. And those, then those who gladly received his word were baptized. 
And that day about 3,000 souls were added to the church. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship. In the breaking of bread and prayers. Hold your hands. Hold your lights. Hold your lights up in the air. Hold your lights. Hold your lights up. Hold your lights up. Father, in this room today, we need your spirit. Father, here we are and we do not know what to do. We do not know, but our eyes are upon you. And so we ask in the name of Jesus, in the mighty name of Jesus, come and pour out your spirit upon your church. Lord, those who are online, those who are in this building, on this birthday of the church, we light candles and we declare, Father, in the name of Jesus, we declare, Lord, that we belong to you, that we are your church. We remember what you have done before. Pray this with me. Do it again, Holy Spirit. Do it again. Pour out your spirit upon this church. Upon the church around the nation. Pour out your spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Let us speak truth to a broken land. Let us love those even when we don't understand. And unite us. Lord, we pray for revival. Every tribe, every tongue, every nation. We pray, Lord, for a community that is grieving today. We ask, Holy Spirit, that you would come. Do more than quiet our hearts, Lord. Ignite our souls. Let us pray like we've never prayed. Let us speak like we've never spoken. Lord, let the church, let the church come out of the room. Lord, let there be a Holy Ghost riot in the land. In the name of Jesus. Come on, you need to pray. Somebody pray. Pray for yourself right where you are. Come, Holy Spirit. Pour out on me. Come, Holy Spirit. Do this work in my life. Do this work in my home. Somebody pray. Pray. Come, Holy Spirit. I'm available. Use me, Lord. Use me. Pour your Spirit out upon my life. Sing, sing. Come, Holy Spirit this good work we pray. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Falling on everything. There is freedom. Praise you, Lord Jesus. Lord, we thank you. Freedom reigns in this place. Showers of mercy and grace Falling on every face Falling yeah. on every face There is freedom Spirit of the Lord is Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. There is your home I want you to go I want you to light a candle in your house 
I want you to stand together. I want you to pray together. I want you to expect the Holy Spirit to move in your life. Listen, how many have said recently, I don't know what to do? Anybody said that? Let the Holy Spirit lead you in what to do and what to say. I want you to pray together as a family. Go home, celebrate the birthday of the church in your home. Light some candles, bake a cake, but pray. Seek the Lord and expect the outpouring of the Spirit of God. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you and make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you and give you peace. Listen, if you need prayer, we have those who will pray with you, who will pray for you. At the conclusion of the service, come and just spread across the front. Someone will come and minister to you. God bless you. Go in the peace of Christ, but go in the power of the Holy Spirit. Be dismissed when you choose. God bless you. Sing.